Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe, and we've got to talk about everything that happened in Dallas over the weekend, the Cotton Bowl. That game was everything it should be every year between Texas and Oklahoma. It just sucks that now we've got to look at six of eight years where Oklahoma's won this thing. But we'll break that down. We'll look ahead to Texas and Oklahoma State. We'll talk about the 29-24 loss Texas suffered to Oklahoma in, as as Rod calls it, the State Fair Street Fight. Right. As, AT, as AT&T pays money to, to have it called, the Red River Showdown. Uh, great ball game. Again, just sucks somebody had to lose, and unfortunately that somebody was Texas. But we'll talk about it here on this latest edition of Longhorn Blitz from Horse247.com. Let me go ahead and bring in the rest of the team so we can get started. Don't have a lot of time to waste on the show. Uh, he is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, no longer the man behind the glass, mm. but the man who is at the controls and makes this show go. Matt Butler. Matt, how was your Texas OU viewing experience? It was good. It was an odd one because uh, it was right back and forth between Astros and Sooners. I mean, that to have those things unfolding at the same time was pretty cool. It to watch and at least ended up on the winning side of the one that truly mattered for the short term but i wish the longhorns could have won no doubt uh a man who uh posted one victory over oklahoma in his career um didn't get the last three but at least he got one he is uh the lockdown corner here on the show uh lifetime longhorn 2002 ut all-american 2002 semifinalist for the jim thorpe award fourth round draft choice of the new york giants back in 2003 spent his nfl career with the giants Lions, bears bucks broncos and a year with the hamilton tiger cats of the cfl when he was done with football in canada got himself back to the 40 acres where he earned his degree if he had a t-ring he'd wear it proudly Nonetheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Rod B. Uh, Thanks for the intro, brother. Rod, did you miss uh, being in Dallas for the game this year? Um, I did, but I've done it so much. I mean, I probably, I want to say between playing and now going back as a spectator now with the media, I've probably been to 10 or 12 Texas OU games or something like that. Like, I'm going, I've been a, to a ton of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm getting to the point now where, all right, I know if, if it's going to be a special one, I'm not going to miss it. This was Tom Herman's first, so I kind of hate that I missed his first Texas OU game. But it's all right. I'll be there next year. No question. Rod, I know you yeah. broke this game down uh, today as we record this on the Rodcast, which, by the way, you can hear on 104.9 The Horn, AM 1260, hornfm.com. Shameless plug. Uh, and The Horn app every day from 1 to 3. Uh, right. And a lot of the things that I know you talked about on the show because I caught parts of it throughout the day uh, as I was coming and going. I know we're going to reiterate a lot of that stuff today because a lot of it applies to things we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. So we're going to replay all of that. And, Matt, you mentioned blowouts. Mm. Boys, it looked like this game was going to be a blowout. When it got it to close. when it got to 17-0, I'm not going to lie, it felt like that 63-14 game, 65-13, it felt like one of those where I'm going, oh, crap. Yeah, right go, after I, the 17-0, you had the big yeah. play, and yet when you hold them to a field goal to make it 20-0, it still felt like, wow. It's just even no matter what, they're going to come away with points. It's not for that touch. John Bonney pick. Oh, and that I, I was really a great play things, by him. He fooled Baker. Like, yeah, no, that was that, amazing. And I don't know if he did it on purpose. I'm not, <laughs> I, really, I mean, he could have done it on purpose. I rewatched it. Something it, tells me that I don't know if he did it on purpose because he takes the wrong angle to that running back, and the running back takes more of an arc angle, goes like yeah. a deeper – uh, wheel ride essentially coming out of the backfield and Baker lofts it up kind of over that defender's head. It really is a, a touchdown. Like, this is kind of technique stuff I'm talking about. That in the secondary, they got caught on a few times, right. but there it worked out being a great play. Now, it was cool there, but it wasn't a Nathan Vasher ball hawk kind of move. Right. I think he took the wrong angle to the football and Baker was like, oh, he's wide open. No, actually, he was hiding behind the defensive lineman and you couldn't see him, but I don't know if he did that like Ed Reed would have done it. Yeah. I think mean, he did right. it like John Bonney would have done it. Accidentally. <laughs> 
you know what I mean? Because, but when, you, when, I re, when I re rewatched it today, because they showed it just before and after Herman, so I was just waiting for both and then left it on before we came in. And it looked as if at least Bonnie, because he lowers down as if he knows he's hiding behind and then going to drop back in just what you would define like a zone blitz. Hey, you know what? By what your coach did. I'm not going to take his great. play away from it. If he says that he hid from making it on purpose, said. I don't know what he said about it either. I don't but know if anybody asked like him. He, it looked like he was. If he says that what throw. he did, then he did it because I remember. When I got a pick six, people were saying that I was in zone when I was yeah. actually man covered. So I understand this that. This was a similar play to it that, It was too. very similar, actually, yeah, in the way he – in the conundrum it presented to the quarterback. So, yeah, it was a great play. I don't want to take it, take it away from – I'm so upset with the secondary on the plays that they gave up. I'm probably discounting or hating on his play when the I shouldn't. The funniest thing is so I'll give props to John down, Bunny. it wouldn't have mattered. It was a, yeah, well, it was a, and it was the first pick that Baker made for that thrown all year. Uh, that's so that's – it's hard to do. It's hard to get that guy to throw picks. He doesn't throw picks because he usually makes – really good decisions yeah and that as you pointed out Matt it wasn't a really a bad decision he thought that that guy was wide open that's why he threw he it on the angle it. he did it, really did it's not that see underneath him. defender that you yeah. see sometimes quarterbacks overlook we'll give it up to Todd Orlando because that was another exotic look that Todd Orlando had him in yeah. that food Baker Mayfield so I'll give him props for that too Todd Orlando I, I he, he's more impressive to me every game because I mean I understand he's, it's the big 12 hell man that was the best offense in the country would arguably the best player um you know calling you know as the signal caller in Baker yep. Mayfield in the country and yet I saw adjustments they held him under their season average in points per game held him under their season average in total yards and they forced a turnover there were just a couple of plays here and there in terms of getting pressure on Baker Mayfield in terms of sacking him and forcing a negative play that Texas just did couldn't do and that's that's a credit to Baker Mayfield the guy's mm -hmm. slippery he's like he's got KY jelly on his jersey man a guy he's got he's got that escapability like Houdini yeah. yeah, I talked to Malik Jefferson after the game, and he talked about just the challenge of trying Man. to bring Baker Mayfield down. And he said, what can you do? It's tough. I mean, you're right there. You did everything that you were supposed to do. Exactly. That play unfolded mm -hmm. every which way it was supposed to unfold. Exactly. And you just can't account for a guy making a great play. A I mean, guy being, yeah, exactly. His core strength on one of those plays, I mean, yeah, I forgot the defender on top of him. might have been, oh, uh, man. it was 94, I think it was Will, but it could have been somebody else, but leaves a body, entire body inertia on him, swinging around, and Baker oh, flings this. them off yes. and then is able I to escape. I, I mean, that. that's just core strength. That dude's just a good athlete, and the anticipation's great. It just made a great play. Yeah. Rod, you talk about Todd Orlando being impressed with the defense, and, and I guess the defense is where we'll start breaking yeah, this start thing there. down. Yeah. That's, that's um, I wish you close the door if I start yelling. I don't want to yell and scream. But. Texas, but we're in the Horn Studios, and we realized today uh, there's really I don't think I don't, any ventilation. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think in this, room. I think in the nice studio where they they're doing the show. Oh right yeah, now, there's air in there. For there's sure. air in there, but I've I think in, in this one I don't think there is. That's yeah. why they keep the door open. So uh, we've got the door open. So if sales pokes their head in here and you guys catch that on this recording, then it's because Rod got too loud. And it's because I definitely got too loud sales talking about the second. And the secondary would be the only thing that's going to get me that upset because I can feel myself getting worked up, so I'm going to try to stay calm. But Rod, you look at what Texas did in this ball game, uh, give up 342 yards in the first half, and it was ugly at times. They couldn't stop the counter. Uh, Mayfield has the 54-yard touchdown pass. It's just looking it's bowling looking shoe, bleak, man. bowling shoe ugly. But you look at the second half, 176 yards allowed, and consider 59 of that was on one play. Yeah. You couldn't have asked more from this defense in the second half than what you got. I I'm with you. I love the adjustment of the defense, and you know I gotta I gotta go back and watch the game again. I think I've watched it twice already. Um, but man, Todd Orlando, I've got to say he his intensity in terms of he, he still runs the same defensive. Uh, it's still the same defensive call, still the same defensive principles he's running all throughout the game. That's not really the adjustment I see. The adjustment I see for him is in like the play calling. Um, you know what I mean? And it's and it's really interesting. Um, we, what we've seen him do in terms of sticking to his modus operandi, as I call it, his principles, which are pressure the court, like make him one dimensional, pressure the quarterback, um, you know, force turnovers. We really didn't see him be able to make Oklahoma one dimensional. And I think that's where everything kind of unraveled for him. Mm -hmm. But considering that's the best offense in the country, considering Baker Mayfield, you know, I, I'm, I, I think my expectations were maybe a little too high for this defense and for Todd Orlando. I think the adjustments that they made to get Texas back in the game were were credible. I think they were they were really uh, uh, something that you should be impressed with with Todd Orlando and his crew. Absolutely. Uh, when you look at what Oklahoma did, Rod scoring, and, and and this goes back to really one of the themes for Texas all year is 
are you maximizing your explosives? You know, when they do present themselves, are you getting the most out of that? Are you capitalizing on those? And you look at Oklahoma's chunk yardage plays, eight passing plays uh, that fit that game. And, and the way the way this tracks it, it tracks it's it. 20 plus yards? Uh, actually, this is tracking it. 16? Uh, 15 plus. 15 plus. On passing ten runs of 10 yards or more. Okay. But you look at it, Rod. <laughs> Baker Mayfield's 54-yard touchdown pass was a touchdown. Yep. Uh, The 59-yard touchdown pass, that obviously goes for itself. And then he he had two other pass completions. Mayfield did a 40 40 or more yards, a 44 and a 42. Oklahoma ends up scoring on both of those drives. The 44-yarder to CeeDee Lamb ends with a Rodney Anderson touchdown. And then uh, the 42-yard Trey Sermon halfback pass, they get a field goal on that. Oh, Uh, the halfback pass. Yeah. Yeah. So, actually, that that wasn't a Mayfield completion. That was a halfback pass. But all of Oklahoma's I almost forgot about that. All of Oklahoma's coming into this game, Texas on the year had given up five passing plays of forty yards or more on the year. Now one of those was the flute wow. play before the half against SC, mm-hmm. and I think three of them were in the Maryland game. Yeah, yep. but and then uh, they're the one against K State, the yeah, right. touchdown. Yeah. yeah, but there was four forty-plus yard passing plays allowed. In this game, all of them either were scores or led to a score for Oklahoma. Same old song and dance for Texas. It's just that you're facing a really good quarterback and great offense this week, so you get four of them in one game. But again, at the end of the day, if you give up 29 points, really 30 because they went for two, they could have kicked the extra point, but they went for two late because you're in the second half and it's whatever. But you give up about 30 points to Oklahoma, that's a game, Rod, where you feel like, okay, we should have a chance to go win that ball game. You can't ask more of your defense than to give you that. When you just look at the step back and look Mm -hmm. at the big picture, forget the 500 yards allowed. Like I said, you only give up 176 over the final two quarters. You give up 30 to Oklahoma, then you should be in that game and have a chance to win at the end. And that's the little glaring part that we've seen every season single part of this season when there's been an issue and it's been that Texas we were talking about even in the Maryland game that it seemed like there were a lot of plays where Texas was winning the majority of the plays but the issues that were being just totally magnified by your mistakes that really turns into seven well, points. USC's like that. And USC, USC they where, dominate on defense exactly. the entire game but then they're the lapses right the laps at the end of the half yeah, yeah. the laps at the end of the game. And so it's been so, the continuity so, throughout the whole yeah. season that t- this team this has been the flaw because we've been saying Texas is winning a lot of these snaps, but it's whenever those handful of snaps you aren't winning are massive blown assignments that are compromising the entire integrity of the defense, and that's where you get to the question about what are these problems, and even you heard Coach today say they were individual problems this week. They were individual problems with Kansas State. It was an individual issue. It's been individualized issues, so it makes you feel confident that you can have a better defense as a whole if you just fix these few holes, but if you're winning 70 of 75 plays but those five plays you're losing are setting up scores that's how you can be skewed and give up 30 points even though your defense has played really well throughout most of the ball games they didn't play well in that game though no that, that's more the usc games yeah. where they played well throughout yeah. and then it ended up torching it but I, I understand exactly what you're saying they didn't play well in this game they just they made some plays i mean they i, I think they 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 did enough to they did enough to keep themselves the in the game yeah. but if they had played up to the expectation level that we all thought yeah. they were going to be better better defense in the country texas probably would have had a chance to win this game. Yeah, they they, they the give up. Ones. They give the up one or break. two, one or two less of those forty-yard plus receptions, exactly. and Texas wins this game. That's a margin. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's the, the margin area you're talking about. That's, that's what Matt's talking about. That's the same margin that yeah. against Maryland, and the, yeah. when you have a handful of those, and even Kansas State that you barely win, but you gave them that eighty-two well, yarder. You know, yeah. the Mark and, Andrews touchdown at the end of the game is, uh, I think, a prime example of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, all right, break time on the show, but more Texas OU talk on the other side. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn. Blitz with Horns247.com. This is Walhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. So, Rod, aside from the bombs down the field, uh, something that, you know, I'm getting Twitter feedback from fans during the game and, and on the message yeah, boards. Love it, man. Yeah. So I want to I want to get your take on this. Seemed like a lot of time, and, and Oklahoma wasn't the only team that did this. Uh, SC was able to do it a little bit. K-State did it. Really, you're hitting Texas in passing lanes where it's like either a linebacker's not dropping deep enough, the safety's not coming up enough. It seems like quarterbacks are routinely just hitting wide open, huge windows That's when this team's in zone. 
defense and understanding, like yeah. you can scheme those type of things too. If you can spot well, here's, here's them and question, know that though. they have I, weaknesses, their weak that, spots that that can compromise the well, zone. Well, but I, here's my question on that: Is that something Todd Orlando you think is content to give up? Like, hey, if they want to nickel dime us with eight, ten yard passes down the field, then so be it. Or do you see that being a problem as guys aren't dropping, guys aren't getting deep enough on their drops, guys yeah. are blowing coverage assignments? Got to see, got to know the coverage before I want to call out guys. Right, that's what. Exactly that's why it's going. tough for me to be like, well, that didn't happen or this yeah. didn't happen. And then happen you got to see like the all 22 usually to like yep. really be able to confirm what a coverage is. But and those all are that. some huge windows. But they are some huge windows. I would say that it's more because I don't think I don't think he wants to give up these chunk yardage plays like this. Right. Mm-hmm. It, de- it defeats the whole purpose of what, you know, his, his modus operandi, I was saying, like giving up these explosive plays. And as you pointed out, much going back to the Maryland game, explosive plays that are leading to touchdowns are, are actually becoming touchdowns themselves. They This defense had done a good job Great of job. minimizing the damage on some of these explosive plays. Exactly. That didn't happen. That didn't happen versus Oklahoma. So I, I think mean. what it is, I think it's more about route. I want. I wonder if they understand like route concepts within these zone coverages. You know what I mean? Like route combinations. Because that's what that's we saw versus Oklahoma. Too, yeah. I didn't see, it didn't seem like they were familiar with some of these route combinations. They, they got them with the post corner route from Twins. They yeah. got them with the wheel route one time. I mean, they were using some of the same combos and concepts. So I wonder if this is what Texas is getting confused. And you know what? I, I I got to go back and now look at um, man, I'm going to look at the K State game more, and maybe even that Maryland game to see if their 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 eyes their eyes are in the wrong place. Hell, man, you can kill them on some route concepts uh, like just getting just crossing guys and yeah. you know changing up their keys. So I think maybe they don't really understand that. That's why you're seeing guys wide open. My my concern is they're wide open. Let me you get beat. You. That's different. The guys are just they're just running wide open through yeah. your secondary. This reminds me of, me of the football IQ discussion we've always had about players, though, because I mean there's always a case-by-case basis with each group and those are the type of things that if you see them over and over and if they aren't understanding those things it can be problematic because they're going to continue to occur yeah Rod, let me throw this at you though when you talk about texas and their issues in zone coverage uh, because that's really where the the problem seems to be this kind of bleeds into something todd orlando mentioned about malcolm roach where he's getting malcolm roach out of almost this robotic mode we'll talk about this on offense because i think this is happening with the texas receivers a little bit too i know where you're going here um it's almost getting him out of that robotic stage okay I filled my gap. I've occupied my gap. I'm good. No, you always be on the hunt to make a play. Always have work. your head on a swivel. Let your instincts take over and, and go. You know, you hear coaches say this all the time, Rod, from middle school, high school, through college and the NFL, especially positions like offensive and defensive line or, or when you're in zone coverage. Go find work. Go find work, man. Go find work. If you're yeah. just running around aimlessly on the field, Waste, you're wasted. Exactly. Defender. You're just doing wasted. You've done something wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, is that part of the problem, though? Can that be – and you know more about zone coverage than I do, yeah. so I, I, I have no problem admitting that. I, it's I an art to form, you. man. It ain't yeah, because easy. Is, is that just a situation form. where a guy might be like, all right, I'm in my zone, I'm good, but no, son, you gotta have your head on a swivel. You gotta be looking for work. It's an art form, man. I always said the most instinctual players are really good zone football players. You know, I think you can just be a great athlete and play man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't think I was instinctual like a great football player, but I was a great athlete. It put me in man coverage. I, I just gotta run and jump and, you know what I mean? I can do that. Playing zone, man, you really gotta have, it's the subtleties, like the subtle nuances of the game, understand the route combination understand you know that when somebody leaves your zone somebody's coming back based on that formation is that guy coming from the other side of the formation is it a drag route or is he coming deeper is it going to be like a post route you know what i mean like dre bly was so good at it but he was just such a instinctually good football player right. quandre Diggs, i bet be really good play a lot of zone because it's just a great instinctual football player that understands the concepts it, it takes reps and keep in mind this group is still really new with this system of todd orlando's mm-hmm. too you know especially now going up against prolific passing offenses Right. They're, they're not starting to get into the boat. Now, we saw them early on against Maryland. And listen, USC, I was, USC is a balanced attack. They really tried to be balanced versus Texas. Like, yeah. they didn't air it out. They should have. But we was like, why didn't they test Pete, uh, uh, Chris Boyd early on? I don't have to Chris Boyd early. They didn't do they it. They didn't early. take many shots down like, the field. Right? Yeah. Um, and I wonder why they didn't do that. But I think now. But I think as good as Sam Darnold is, I think SC's got pretty average receivers. But that's that's another Different. Topic good point. Good day. point. Um, I think now you're going to see Texas. They'll get better with, uh, you know, with these concepts. But, man, early on. I think you're going to see them struggle because they really haven't figured out how to play. Like zone. you said, Mike Gundy's probably prepping this weekend yeah, practice. Going, and he's got oh, so man, we're going we're gonna, to we're like a combo them to and death. He has so many and, receivers. Well, they got really loved about Oklahoma though. They have they have these guys that make their offense so versatile. Man, Dimitri Flowers and you know we uh, sat but, here last week on this podcast but, and talked about Dimitri Flowers and, and Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Give me two of those. Mark Andrews and both those guys can play H back, tight end. They put Dimitri Flowers at fullback and at halfback. They split Andrews out wide. Man. That, 
you get two guys like that, you can play almost anything. You can you can play almost any type of personnel package. You remember when we thought DeAndre McNeil and Devin R. Clarington were going to do that for Texas? They could have, man, but you know, well, Sean Watson. One never got here. One, one never got here. We true. barely knew you. And then, well, yeah, one was supposed to catch the first pass in the Charlie Strong era. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Did Texas complete a pass in that first game against Notre Dame? <laughs> I forget. They should have put barely. him in anyway. They could have used. He them. couldn't have been any worse. Could have been any worse. Um, anyway, um, no, but so. Sticking with the defense, though, Rod, I want to talk about the run game because, again, Malik Jefferson speaking for the defense after the game asked him just what was the problem with the counter. And Tom Herman said they ran out of some formations that maybe they didn't expect to to see. But from listening to Malik Jefferson talk, he said, pretty simple, I mean, guys just got pinned on the front side and couldn't get off blocks. And the the fits on the backside weren't great. And and when you got those two problems, you're going to have some issues stopping the counter. I was actually shocked that, oh, you didn't run it more. Yeah, see, I was. That was going to yeah. be my next question because it really Sermon felt like they was, went away from it in the second half. They did because that first drive of the second half, his first, I think, two carries were 24 yards. Like yeah. It was like that, and I was like, man, they had 100. Yeah, the man, first half, he just up. did that. And then right after that, after that 124 yards, it just seemed as if yeah. you were able to get him into some three-and-out modes. That, that was where it just you continued to get the ball back with an opportunity to cut the lead or take the lead, and Texas wasn't able to do so. And I was like, man, it's going to catch up to Texas. That's three t- straight times you got Baker off the field. But they were playing such good defense, and a lot of that could have been that their inability or just choosing not to run the ball. All right, break time on the show, but coming up next, we're talking Texas and Oklahoma State, a game at DKR as Texas looks to get on a winning side against the top 10 team. We'll break it down when we come back on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. Overhanging trees present a real danger. During high winds, falling branches can damage roofs and windows. So today, I'll show you how to protect your home by wrapping it in bubble packaging. All you need is a staple gun and 142,000 feet of bubble packaging. Let's get started. You could try to protect your home with bubble packaging, or you could get covered for personal property damage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Call GEICO and see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. You know those families who quietly enjoy the holidays? Me neither. Well, until thecompanystore.com. Now the kids love playing Hotel Auntie Carol in the good sheets, as they call them. They actually want to go to bed. So we get some adult time, and that's worth giving thanks. Thecompanystore.com has been perfecting the ultimate comforts of home for over 100 years. From the finest quality bedding and bath to home decor and more. Order between October 1st and 30th to get 25% off plus free shipping with our friends and family discount. Visit thecompanystore.com and enter the code FAMILY. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. You know those families who quietly enjoy the holidays? Me neither. Well, until thecompanystore.com. Now the kids love playing Hotel Auntie Carol in the good sheets, as they call them. They actually want to go to bed. So we get some adult time, and that's worth giving thanks. Thecompanystore.com has been perfecting the ultimate comforts of home for over 100 years. From the finest quality bedding and bath to home decor and more. Order between October 1st and 30th to get 25% off, plus free shipping with our friends and family discount. Visit thecompanystore.com and enter the code FAMILY. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm so happy, I feel like I can fly. Disclaimer, you will not be able to fly by switching to GEICO. This is against the laws of physics and nature. If you find yourself flying, please seek professional and or medical help immediately. In the unlikely event you find yourself flying, you might be a superhero or a pigeon or a superhero named Pidgewoman who was bitten by a radioactive pigeon. If you are indeed Pidgewoman, GEICO retains all licensing publishing rights in the event Pidgewoman the movie becomes a top-grossing Hollywood blockbuster. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Why have over 3 million guys switched to Harry's razors? Because at Harry's, we give you less. We make just one razor with five German-engineered blades. 
all you need for a smooth and comfortable shave. Ah. And we got rid of upcharges. <laughs> By owning the factory and cutting out the middleman, we're able to sell our high-quality blades for half the price of the other guys. Ka-choo! Now we're dropping the half-price sound effects guy. Oh, wait, why? Not everyone can give you high quality for a fraction of the price. Harry's. One perfect razor. None of the extra noise. As a special offer for radio listeners, get an $18 shave set with an added bonus for free when you visit harrys.com and use code 2626 at checkout. Just cover a few bucks for shipping. That's harrys.com, code 2626 for a free shave set offer. Again, it's harrys.com, code 2626. Please note, no sound effects guys were harmed in the making of this radio recording. You know those families who quietly enjoy the holidays? Me neither. Well, until thecompanystore.com. Now the kids love playing Hotel Auntie Carol in the good sheets, as they call them. They actually want to go to bed. So we get some adult time, and that's worth giving thanks. Thecompanystore.com has been perfecting the ultimate comforts of home for over 100 years. From the finest quality bedding and bath to home decor and more. Order between October 1st and 30th to get 25% off plus free shipping with our friends and family discount. Visit thecompanystore.com and enter the code FAMILY. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Is it just weird that anytime yeah. something goes wrong, like this, this, this it's, it's not an issue per se. It is an issue, but it's not something that can't be overcome because we have talked about the strength of this coaching staff, I think, is their ability to make in-game adjustments because we've seen them on both sides of the ball when things don't start well to be able to come back and have something and find something that works. I agree with that. But – it's always it's always like we weren't prepared for that. We weren't ready for that. That was a look we hadn't seen on film. We hadn't really they seen said them that do multiple that multiple times this year. Yeah, already. in multiple games, yeah. and it's like, okay, is that just staff guys not doing their homework? Is that just teams getting outside the box for Texas? Is that you not preparing your guys for everything they should see? I mean, because let's face it, Rod, and I'll just throw something random out there. If somebody comes out, let's say you prepared for Oklahoma all week. And let's say you didn't see hardly any diamond formation looks on film. Okay. Okay. And they come out and run the diamond formation. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you haven't seen it on film, but the players have seen it before. Yeah. As coaches, you've seen it before. And maybe that goes back to the fact that hey, this staff has been good at adjusting in-game. And maybe after a bad drive or two, we see Todd Orlando kind of tighten things up. Which is a thing yeah. you really want. That's a sign of a good staff. It's, yeah, you can I'm, adjust in-game. I agree. Uh, it's. I would be concerned about it if, um, I don't know, if I – if I didn't see some type of adjustment during the game, maybe yeah. that's their strength as a staff is that, you know, during the week they put so many type of uh, game plans in place, like plan A, plan B, and plan C, and then during the game maybe they end up scrapping a lot of it and just kind of going with, you know, right. whatever they do best or whatever works best for them. Because, like, I asked Tim Beck last week about the red zone. I don't zone. know if it's, yeah. I asked Tim Beck last week about the red zone woes on offense, and his response, part of his response was, oh, maybe I need to come up with kind of more of an all-purpose game plan instead of something so specific that way when they do throw us a weird look, that way we're ready for it. And we actually saw Texas this week have some success in the red zone. Well, they that's did. Like having just an, coming away yeah. with touchdowns. And that's so, a good built-in just have you guys understand that if it hits the fan, we're going to be going with this and you're going to be able to have a simplified chaos method well, in that situation. I, I wonder how much self-scouting they do in terms of, I mean, because, yeah. I mean, what Bill Belichick that. is famous for is that literally he has certain members of his staff that are fully devoted to basically coming up with a game plan to beat New England and then coming up with ways to foolproof the game plan or to dissect the game how plan. How Saban has his 90 minions that are assistants. That's is. what those guys yeah. are doing each so, week. I wonder T- how T.O. T.O. does that. And I heard him going back to the really? Angelo Clinic. I heard him, Matt. He said okay. because he thinks that's one thing defensive coordinators don't do enough of or coaches in general oh, don't man, do enough to. of. I like that. Todd Orlando's yeah. T.O. I, yeah. I, I know. I, I, I was like, wait, who? Wait, T.O.? Wait, no, not T.O. But no, you're right. I think that 
that may be a big part of it too. Maybe on offense they're not getting a good enough self scouting. You really do. You got to basically break down every week. Uh, man, if I'm playing Texas, what's the trends uh, that that we do? What are the things that we do uh, that you know can give tales or that can give insight and into our play calling and give opponents hints as to what what we're trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And everybody's got those. You got to and you got to break those up. You really want like Bill Belichick say, okay, if I'm if I'm if I'm in the red zone and it's third and five or third and five or more and we always go to this play we always go to the (laughs) double slants and we've done it nine out of 11 times we've been in that situation they say Bill Belichick will literally go in and go all right we need to throw a fade same exact formation same exact situation I need a fade there it's gonna break up this this tendency that we have no the exact example that you were bringing up was in the Saints and Patriots game whenever the outcome had been decided and then you see this blitz look from the Patriots and Tony Romo says immediately then he's like no Belichick's doing that just to throw off analytics for the future because you look at the trends and then what they do in this so then him knowing that this that yeah, is going to be valued as much. No, I mean it is a hundred. I was trying to I was trying to think of like the scenario that I remember that happened, but you just brought it up. That's exactly yeah. What yeah. It was. And it was sitting there, and he's it's breaking exactly right. it down. And he's like, no, this was a pointless time for him to bring that. The game's already decided, but on paper, it's going to yeah, be it's... viewed exactly the same way as any other red zone possession because everybody exactly. does, views those things, and that's where context comes in. That's where adjusted stats. When you're talking to stat nerds, they value every yard marker of the field and what time of the game it is because picking up a 10-yard pass uh, in the final two point. minutes is pointless because you're giving that to them and it's in garbage time to come back. It's a lot different than getting a 10-yard gain on in a one third score game. nine yeah. in a one-score game. That 10-yard yeah, yeah. it's so those ideas that every red zone opportunity would be valued the same. Belichick is exploiting that right there and saying, no, I'm going to put this on tape and they're going to think we're going to do this sometimes and we never are going to do that, but it's going to be on film that they we did do that sometimes. Yeah. So well, like I, some of the things that Tom Herman's getting famous for the throwback passes they've done like three times this year already. The one for the touchdown against USC, the Kate Brewer, and mm-hmm. then the Chris Warren. I think has had like one touchdown off of that. And I don't say maybe they even tried one more other time this year too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. have that look ready to go, and then have the counterpunch. Like what's the counterpunch of that right. play? Well, and that's what the you know screen I mean? was this game. Yeah, and Texas, the leak, Texas was. They, oh, they leaked out Kate Brewer out. actually yep. on one of those plays. I believe yep. was mm-hmm. kind of their count. They actually kept him in his delayed release, and when the people covered. Chris Warren, they just laid him, released him out to another screen. Like that's that's how you multi-layer an offense. That's why you build an offense. That's exactly how we're talking about the route progressions. Delay releases, their releases are so underrated, dude. They're so tough to cover. They're always open. When's the delay release not open? Always open because everybody. And that's why Oklahoma State's so fear. I'm fearing them more than any other team because Gundy has a decade of this. This is just his. I mean, his team speaks this like it's a fluent language. I put yeah, I would too. I do that. (laughs) Rod, I'll uh, I'll pat myself on the back for asking Tim Beck to question and hearing uh, that he planned to adjust how he approached the red zone. Would you like to know what Texas red zone numbers were in this game against oh, Oklahoma? Yeah, please how do. How about four red zone trips, four scores, three touchdowns, and the one field goal was the Rowland field goal right before the half where they were in one minute offense. Nice. Oh, and we got a field goal. You know Tom Herman doesn't like those. Like nah, he hates field goals, but he got them one. So I'll say that to say this. When you've got all these issues Texas has, the identity of your offense is Sam Ellinger. It, it's not a concept. It's not a series of plays. It's Sam Ellinger it, show. It's Sam Ellinger. Sam what Ellinger what do you show. do well on offense? We run Sam Ellinger out there. We snap it to Sam him. Ellinger. That's what we do well. That's what we do. This guy named Sam Ellinger. He's our guy. Uh, you're almost you're seriously you're almost back to like 2009. What's the offensive? What's your offensive identity? Colt McCoy. Well, no, you had Jordan Shipley. Right, you had but the bromance. But that offense, that you know offense I mean? started and ended if, with Colt McCoy. If, if 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 Sam and Colin Johnson get on the kind of page that that Colt and Jordan Shipley are on, we'd be good. We'd be golden. Yeah. Point I'm making is when you've got a quarterback that dynamic, he can mask a lot of stuff that you got that's going wrong. I agree with that. My problem with the Sam Ellinger show is this, and people think I've been because I said it's you know this like Seinfeld. It's a, it's a show about nothing, essentially. That's what the offensive identity is. And it's not funny like Seinfeld because you're putting way too much on Sam Ellinger's shoulder. And the reason I call it the Sam Ellinger show is not just because he's your best running att- uh, running threat and your best passer when he's out there. And he's the only guy that can kind of be a game-changing presence for you. Because now he's like the emotional leader of that team, too. Yeah. Now he's becoming kind of the spiritual leader. He's going out in the locker room. He's the one throwing up the horns when the, the OU fans are saying Texas sucks. So he's become that. He's also the, the starting quarterback. I mean, this is a lot on the guy who's a true freshman. Even, you know, Tom Herman. Tom Herman's changing his tune about Sam Ellinger, too. I, and I've noticed this about Tom Tom, man. Tom is funny. He ain't going to pump you up. Last year, no last year, but last week when Craig, 
Craig Way is asking Tom Herman about how Sam Manning wants to run people over and like wants to be, you know, this physical style run. He was like, Craig was like, you don't really like that. The fans love it, but you don't really like that. And Tom was like, I love it. I love it. I think it's great. It establishes the mentality of physicality. We we would side with physicality. And I was like, man, that's kind of that's irresponsible. Okay, okay, Tom, I feel you. Okay, he's, he's establishes the mentality of physicality. And then this after we just heard him on Monday, the Monday press conference. You hear it on one hundred four nine the horn. And he says, well, I don't want him to be Larry Zonka. I don't want him to be Larry Zonka. We got to give him the you know you got to give him to make better decision when he's running. Oh really? You think? You think? We've been saying this forever. You think? Oh now you want? Him. It's like I don't understand sometimes. Sorry, I'm getting way too loud now. Yeah. I don't understand no, how, what like what the coaches are thinking sometimes. Like th- when he ran over that guy from K State, I was like, okay, it's great one time, but you need to make it clear we don't need you to be doing what running backs and fullbacks do. You understand we what need you, mean you to, to be team. a smart runner. I always said about Vince Young. I love Vince Young because Vince Young was a smart runner. You never hit Vince Young clean. That dude could take hits. He was huge. He still is huge, but you never hit him clean. He always got skinny at the right time. Always avoided contact. Always, you know, what turned the hips a certain way or the shoulders a certain way. And some guys are really smart runners. Russell Wilson's one of those guys, smart mm-hmm. runner. And they're trying to get the, get Deshaun Watson to Houston to be more of a smart runner. Like, hey, who cares, man? Eric Dickerson, get out of bounds. Who gives a damn? All right, who cares about that extra yard? That extra yard ain't going to do nothing for us, man. We need you more than we need that extra yard. And they need to explain that to Sam Ellinger, who, by the way, in high school played that way and couldn't make it through a whole damn season of high school football. And yet, in the Big 12, we, all of a sudden, he's going to become Tim Tebow? They yeah. played that Tim Tebow clip. I'm like, man, get the hell out of here. Tim Tebow never got hurt. Maybe it was the Lord, but whatever it was. But Tim Tebow was built like a Mack truck. Yep. Sam Ellinger is not that guy. So, that's why it's irresponsible for Tom Herman and that entire staff to be applauding him running. That's why Craig yeah. was like, you don't like that, do you? He was like, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. You love it? Uh, now your quarterback just went down versus Oklahoma. You love it. Yeah. And then he came back in, which was great. But you also get some flack on that because we don't know the concussion protocol or how long he was out or if he was out. So that's all great. My point being this, you're going to need Shane Bouchelle and yep. uh, Sam Ellinger this year. Need you're going to need them next year. You want to know why? Until they teach Sam Dur- Sam, sorry, Sam Ellinger all right, to slide or to avoid contact, you're going to need a quarterback behind him because right now he plays the game like he, I don't know, like he wants to play running back. Maybe they should yep. put Shane Bouchelle in that quarterback and put Sam in there at running back. <laughs> and maybe then <laughs> we would solve our quarterback run. problem. And then Sam can play the position he really wants to play, which is running back. We're going to run single wing football. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't understand. I'm like, wait, what world, what world are we applauding our quarterbacks running over people? Like, that didn't make any sense. So I think that Tom Herman now understands because he's already saying, nah, we're going to ease up on that. This is this guy is the show. We got nothing else. But that's the problem, nothing. Rod. Now that you've unleashed that, I don't I don't think you can afford to tame the beast right now because but you I better because then you're going to lose, no, the, lose the beast. But here's, I wouldn't say that it's necessary no, as long as he understands understands his importance for the team that you still can be a big time running threat but just whenever you're coming along a sideline to choose exactly I mean I remember I've seen this happen all the time across all levels of football and you can see somebody mature but some people have it ingrained in their style of play and that's something that would be interesting to see how it plays out I think it's unrealistic to expect that this year because I think I think now I, I don't think with him being the identity of your offense and the only times this team has moved the ball with any sort of consistency no, I agree against the Power that. 5 team as when you've had it in Sam Ellinger's hands. Oh, it's been mo- worth saying it. It has been most yeah. effective, yes. But just saying that's not sustainable over No, I know I know it's like, not yeah. sustainable. I'm saying at this point, I think you've got to just milk this for all it's worth and just hope he doesn't get hurt because there you have nothing else, well, Rob. Well, you can do more than hope. You can train him to be a smart football player just yes. to get down at a certain time. I, I you can mitigate that. the risk. I get I, that. I, 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 don't, right. I just don't know how realistic that is to I'm not disagreeing with that kind of turnaround. I'm not just hoping that they're thinking Agreed. along those I want lines. to mitigate some of the risk, and I think you can mitigate some by not applauding and praising agree, okay. him running yeah. over linebackers yeah. and saying, don't I'm do with, it. I'm with it's you like, there, yeah. no, 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 Sam. No, no, no. Get down, okay? We'll beat him in other ways, okay? When so they become is, investments he's in going the NFL, be, they do do he's that. Going, That's the odd part he, about college. He, he, he right now is the, he is the heart and soul of the offense. He's all the offense has. So I, I agree with you. You're going to need him to run 10 to 12 times a game anyway. Just quarterback run game. Just design. Because you can't run it with any. Because you can't run it with right anybody else. What they have was it fourteen carries for seventeen yards or seventeen Four, carries for fourteen yards? Four, I can't remember. Fourteen for seventeen. Either way, it doesn't yeah. matter. Either, <laughs> if I get 
have gave <laughs> yes. the extra three yards, it wouldn't matter. You know what I mean? So I understand all they got is this young man, and I'm not hating on Sam. It is amazing to watch a true freshman take on this type of load. Right. Yes. Offensively. And play that way with physically. The, the spirituality of it, too, because he's carrying that team emotionally, I think, too. I think, and then the burden of the quarterback controversy and give it up to Shane because Shane came in and played really well. But I think that instance that you saw Sam go down, and I'm knocking on wood because I hope, you know, he, Saint, Sam is always fine, even though I'm bringing up the, the injury component. But Shane came in and played two, oh, he got two first downs and played played really, really well for just jumping in there. But that, in a nutshell, is why you need both of these quarterbacks this year and next year. You're going to need them both. Yeah, I just. You're just going to need them to both. To me, it's unrealistic to expect Shane Bouchel to be here next year. Oh, well, I'm not oh, saying. A, well, no, what, Luke, but I'm Herm, just saying. Oh, I agree right, with you. That's you, what Tom Herman's been trying them. to do. Yeah. Ideally, uh, just like you, just like you said, it's unrealistic to have Sam Sam Ellinger, the guy who's played the game that way his entire life, to just whoa, whoa, whoa Sam, don't play that physical. Yeah, he, we're good. He's natural. Hopefully, it's gonna, Texas doesn't have. That hopefully, happen. you can mitigate some of that, and hopefully, you can navigate this thing where you can get Shane on still on campus next year. I agree with you. I don't think Shane's going to be here next year. I've been saying this for a long time. I think this is what Tom Herman was trying to avoid was this conversation. But listen, I'll give you a stat. See, and, I, and I've talked to you about this. Since 2005, Texas had, I think they signed 17 quarterbacks on the Fort Acres. Two of them are still on the Fort Acres. That's Sam and that's Shane, okay? So that needs 15 quarterbacks. Out of those 15 quarterbacks, only three of them have finished their eligibility on the 40 Acres at the quarterback position. Thank God for both McCoys and Tyrone Soups, who you could say was kind of an 18-wheeler package guy and now plays tight end. So essentially, you only really had two quarterbacks that you have signed since 2005 that have finished their eligibility at the quarterback position on the 40 acres. And I can go through the list, but I just depress and, and piss off long one fans. No, don't. But my point being, this is what Tom Herman is trying to avoid. Yeah, because you're going to go right back to that cycle, man. Think about that. That's how mind-blowing that is. And everybody agrees Shane's going to transfer too. So that number is about yeah. to go up again. <laughs> and that's the main thing that Texas fans, and we've heard this rift with uh, Herman, he has been like, man, it sort of sounds like y'all have post-traumatic stress or something. And it's like, well, yeah. You see what happened to Colt McCoy the last time we had a quarterback Run and get hurt. That's why Texas fans have this reaction. You I, forgot, know I didn't even think about that. That it can rip out your season. I didn't and, think about that. Yes, so like that's why. Or Texas David Ash going down. Exactly. Right. So you have those situations and the physicality of that game. At least it was funny whenever like we saw the first half play out. And when you brought up Ellinger getting hurt, it made me think about this because it was a play when they went wildcat. Oklahoma did and split Baker out, and he was wide receiver, that. and it was sort of like the Cutler play. He's just standing yeah. out there, but then you see the Texas DB just comes up and knocks the hell out of him through the echo of the whistle. <laughs> And I was like, man, they're going to let them play through the whistle on this game. And then, like, literally in that second half, you saw on back-to-back-to-back to back to back almost plays and possessions. Baker carried through the whistle on the ground, hurt. Sermon carried through the whistle on the ground, hurt yeah. in the end zone. Ellinger, very next series, carried through the ground, hurt on the corner. Like, that was a physical game, and it it's was great, set the pace that. there in that game. You're I right. mean, the momentum, it was exactly what you were used to seeing in the good Texas OU games, and it was even played to the limit. You know, talk about the physicality, though, and, I, and I'll, I'll give Texas props for some and give Tom Herman props. Man, they match physicality with teams. That one yeah. thing, they don't get pumped. Same like they, the they may get yeah. outplayed. They may get out coached. No, but they might get outplayed. They might get out coached. But man, they 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 will go toe to toe. They do Matt match. Mac Brown and Charlie Strong both had teams that would get pumped. They would just get pumped. You know what I mean? This team they, they don't get punked, man. And if you notice, even at USC game, Oklahoma game, how many defenders and how many players for Oklahoma just end up either on the on the ground exhausted? Yes. Either not Knock, you know, knocked down, hurt, ten. worn out. It just happens. So I think for Texas, that's one of the things they do really well. Man, they just, they like, you're right. And Sam Mellinger, that's why Tom Herman loved it. And now he's, <laughs> he's kind of, you know, backpelling on that. Because that it, it sets the tone that, dude, your quarterback yeah, will run you over. Yeah, the defense is over so, there like, oh, man, I got to play yeah, hard. Yeah, that is the culture of Texas football right now. It's Texas yeah. fight, man. They will fight you. All right. It is time for predictions, which means it is time for us to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. And we will do that on the other side as we close out another adventure of Longhorn Blitz with Horns. 247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right, let's talk about Texas Oklahoma State. Uh, this is a series that's been had some weird games during this current decade. Some even great going, games. going back to the last decade, you talk about 04, 05, uh, 07 was one of those weird games. Man, um, it'd be, most recently we've had a couple of weird games. Even the Charlie era, Charlie had a couple of. Charlie had the one, the one the two one years ago where with, you have two non offensive touchdowns and lose. Didn't he get called for like a, a penalty defensive with the ref? Holding, like he, no, was, hitting a ref there or was something? Defense, he there was, was taunting a ref or something? There was the defensive yeah. holding pick call. And, and then, then he, he got just flagged. lost his temper and they flagged him for yeah, yelling. Yeah, no, it's been. It's, he just got flagged for yelling in that game. I agree with you on this one. 
it's been I a, love Oklahoma State games. It's been a weird yeah. series. Uh, we talked about the issues Texas is going to have with the vertical game and, and this prolific Oklahoma State Man. offense. And I'll start the discussion with this, Rudolph. and I'll let you guys take it from there. I don't know why, but I called it in the offseason that this was going to be the upset. It wasn't going to be SC. It wasn't going to be Oklahoma. Ooh. This was going to be the game that Texas jumped up and got somebody, beat a, a highly ranked team. I'm sticking with that. This team has been close. Sticking with it, huh? I think Todd Orlando, his ability to scheme against a guy like Mason Rudolph, who in terms of skill set, is pretty close to Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. We saw the issues they had Very there. Very true. Um, I think I, I, they're still going to give up some explosive plays, so let's not sugarcoat yeah. that. <laughs> but yeah. so you look at what TCU did against Oklahoma State. They really, you know, they played some cloud covers, the quarters. They took away the vertical stuff. Got to take they away the took, vertical. They, Gary Patterson came in that game. Look, if you want to run the ball, fine. You want to nickel and dime, you're not getting the vertical. Yeah. Which, what honestly, Oklahoma State's passing attack, a lot of it's built on those vertical concepts. Yeah, like, they love chunky yardage plays. And you saw in that TCU game, you saw Mason Rudolph in the offense. They get frustrated. Like, you could see. It's almost like defending defending Oklahoma State. It's almost like defending Baylor when Bryles was there. Great you point. saw at times yep. when you took And we yeah. saw Charlie do this in 14, the, really the well. first matchup he had yep. against Bryles. They took away this. They, they're not going to beat us in the vertical game. Nope. They can do whatever else they want. They're, they can run the ball for 250, and I think they did that day. Uh, but they're not going to get the vertical. And you saw them press. They looked frustrated. They, mm-hmm. just, they were trying to hit that vertical and look for it, and they couldn't. If you're Todd Orlando, what's your best approach in this game, Rod? Put your Todd Orlando hat on. What, yeah. What's your best approach? I know, and I love. I, I know Todd Orlando wants to stop the run and make him one dimensional. Uh, that's he, he's gonna do that. That's just what he does. So he's gonna try to make him one dimensional, even if uh, you know Oklahoma themselves schematically are already uh, favoring the pass with Mason Rudolph or whatever. He's gonna try to make him one dimensional. What I'm worried about in the passing concepts because I think you should definitely take away the vertical passing game. It's going back to the old, you know, Bill Walsh explosive play thing, right, with explosive plays. You want to make sure that they're putting together 13 play drives, 12 play drives to try to go down and score. You don't want to be giving up those chunk yardage plays because basically that means you're giving up chunk yardage plays, then that means they can, you know, march down the field a whole lot quicker. So I think Todd Orlando is going to try to be as patient as possible, get them to get into some, you know, some, some long, drives you may see that but in the end he want he would rather play red zone defense against Oklahoma State rather than them get chunk yardage vertical plays so that's going to be big in this game too stopping the explosive pass but also the red zone defense man because that's what you want Texas to play against Oklahoma State right. red zone we've got a couple minutes left when you look at the Texas offense against the Oklahoma State defense Ooh. What do you what are you thinking, Rod? What what, what really? The what thing what for, can I think? Well, here's here's other what I'm than thinking. Sam Ellinger. Here's what I'm thinking for Texas. The key is, and Tom Herman talked about it today. I'm glad Roger Wallace asked the question. I had my hand up. I was going to ask it if somebody didn't, but Roger beat me to the punch. So good job, Roger Wallace. <laughs> the slow starts for this offense because Texas mm. has, I believe, two first quarter touchdowns the entire year. This is a game where you cannot fall behind. Wow, that's a crazy stat. On offense, I think Gerard Hurd against San Jose. No, I'm and, not. And, I'm just Chris, Chris Warren against Iowa State. Yeah. I think that's your only two first quarter touchdowns this year. It. So really, and that's why I, you know, I said in the Oklahoma game, and some people got mad at me. I'm like. You know, they got the first down off the screen pass, and then after that it was three plays and punt. But I'm like, that's not a bad start for this offense to at least get some field position. Well, when Comparative, Michael, compared to what they've been doing. Dude, Michael Dixon might be the best damn player on your team. Right. Maybe your best offensive weapon. you got to right. help him out at times. Yeah. So I get, I don't know what they can do, Rod, to start fast, but this is a game with – Oklahoma State, look, you, you dodged the bullet against Oklahoma. You you know, you got down early in that game. I don't in other words, I don't know if you get down early again for a second week in a row. I don't know if you come if you get out of a twenty to nothing hole against yeah, it, Oklahoma. It, well, State. it wears so much. It, it wears so much on the team to have to dig out of that hole. You right. can tell at the end of the game, I mean, they have very little left after digging out of that hole. So I agree. You know what? I didn't even mind in the case they gave when they came out and just threw the deep ball. Considering yeah. what this offense is and considering I know it's gonna be hard for them to put together a you know, a long sustained drive to score at the beginning of the game, I don't really mind the deep ball early for them. It was an arm punt. Yeah, well, and I don't don't want him to throw a pick, obviously, but it loosens up the defense. If you can get Colin Johnson a one-on-one, hell, I'll take that 50-50 ball with him all day every day. I wouldn't mind them game-planning a deep ball or two early on in the game just to keep that Oklahoma State defense on their heels. And then then you can start getting the quarterback running game going. With teams having to respect Sam Ellinger's running ability, the vertical stuff is there. Right. You're going to find teams playing man coverage. Oklahoma played a lot of man coverage. They did. Yeah, they actually – I was surprised they played so much man coverage. One coming off the goal line where 
Um, I think it was they were, I know they were coming off the goal line. I can't remember who Sam threw it to, but Colin Johnson's one on one. Yeah, and I'm thinking, man, yeah. you just take three steps back and chunk just it and, chunk and see it. if he can go make a play. He did throw it as high as possible. Too. He almost made that one in the end oh, zone. Oh, you're right. I mean, that was a really good. And yeah. you look at Colin Johnson when that can be a, a just a thing to fall back on. That you always know that you have a guy that can make a play above the defense. That's good. Everybody can't play man to man. Like I said, you got to yeah. you got to pick and choose the defense. If you're going to stop Texas's run game, you're going to play man to man on the outside. You better really trust your corners. If you're going to drop eight guys back and clog up those passing windows, then Texas should be able to run the ball more. And that point that you said of going to stretch the defense, just going deep once is so valuable just because it's in the conscience of the offense. Even if you don't get it. Agreed. It opens up the rest of the field. I I always have a coach. I know we got to get out of here, but I have a coach that said, hey, at the beginning of the game, your play action is still effective because your running game doesn't suck yet. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Right? I mean, so if Texas running game, which has been ineffective the last two games in the first quarter they're still going to be thinking about your run game they're still going to respect it i should say because they're not going to respect it in the third and fourth quarter so your right. play action game ain't going to work play action in the first quarter it'll work and tom herman loves him some play action there you go so you All said right. that texas uh was going to win what was your score what are yeah, you predicting for this um uh, i just want to say we ran a little long today that but great. That, that was a treat for you listeners uh, we've been going about an hour hour and 15 but we decided to uh, give you an overload today so Love now it. but now it's time to wrap it up and get the picks yeah man I- i'm going to take texas to win a score, man, I'd probably have a better one for you Ooh. later in the week. Um, you know, you held USC to 17 points and, and 27 with two overtimes. Oklahoma to 29 in regulation. That's you know what? I, I think this defense holds Oklahoma State to right around that 30-point mark, and I, I think Texas wins it. Um, mm-hmm. h- how about a Texas wins it on a Joshua Rowland field goal after, oh, after running, that would be after, awesome. after, after running yes. some one- or two-minute offense? Uh, you know what? I'll take Texas right now. My early week score, I'll reserve the right to change. Uh, I'll take Texas 34-31. Yeah, what does Joshua Rowland do if he hits a game-winning field goal, considering what he's been through? Like He should do something special. He's got to yes. do something really cool. Uh, okay, I'll take I'll take Oklahoma State to win it. I just – I think they're going to be exposed at Texas secondary a couple of times to get some explosive plays. And uh, Texas offense, the Sam Ellinger show, although it gets high ratings, it's going to be tough to get wins. I'll take Oklahoma State 33-27. How do I feel like the one week that I made up ground on you guys, I'm about to give it all. (laughs) Nah, brother. No, and then uh, I, th- I think it's also be a close one. But when I saw the way that this line's moving, it's scaring me because it's dropped from Texas just being a seven-point or six-and-a-half-point underdog to seven-and-a-half. That doesn't sound like a lot, but when that hook gets added on to a touchdown, that means they want people to be taking Texas, and that means they want them to take that plus seven-and-a-half because it's like, oh, that's more than a touchdown. Right. Home team's oh, going to stay yeah. within. Nope. When that happens, that's because they want you to take that, and they think they're going to cover by more than a touchdown. Mm. So I'm afraid uh, fear that it's going to be worse than I expect, but I'll say 37-27 that with Texas loses by 10. I don't like the 11 a.m. kick, but I like... Uh, I like it at home. I was going to say, yeah, at home, it actually it works out well for, for Oklahoma State. That sucks for them to be playing More at 11 so. a.m. Yeah, on, on the, the road. road. Yeah, that that works. At home, yeah, you, you're good. You're yeah, good. I, I don't a like little the, bit better. I, I like the night atmosphere better. But, oh, oh, I, I do too. for a fan. I bet yeah, the yeah, play, yeah. college kids love it. They're not even yeah. used to going to sleep. Um, all right, so you two jokers are taking Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm taking Texas. Yeah. All right, Matt, appreciate the time, man. You are more than welcome. Rod B, appreciate the time, man. The knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at 104.9 The Horn, AM 1260, hornfm.com, our proud radio partner. And you can get this podcast each and every week on our SoundCloud page, Matt, which means you get on iTunes, tune in, any podcast app. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit horns247.com.